Selmberg was a beautiful castle town on the 61st floor. The city itself wasn't particularly large. An old castle with fragile minarets loomed over the center of town, but the buildings were painstakingly built of chalk-white granite with copious greenery placed to great effect. The selection of shops was rich as well. Many players coveted the chance to live in Selmberg, but the cost was exorbitant, at least three times that of Allgate. Residence was a pipe dream for all but the highest level players. It was well past sunset when we arrived through the teleport gate, the last remaining traces of sunlight reflecting purple on the town. Most of the 61st floor consisted of lakes, and Selmberg itself sat on a small island surrounded by water. The view of the sun shining through the outer aperture of Einkrad and reflecting off the lake was worthy of painting at least. The sparkling scenery of dark blue and red sat atop that massive lake was so breathtaking, I couldn't help but be bewitched. The only thing that could take away from the sight was the knowledge that it was just child's play to the Nerve Gear's Diamond Semiconductor CPU. Selmberg's teleport gate was located in the square before the old castle. The town's main street stretched south, lined with leafy trees. Shops and homes, both quaint and elegant, stood along the boulevard, and the NPCs and players who walked the city seemed to carry themselves with more class than elsewhere. Even the air seemed to taste different than in Allgate. I couldn't help but stretch my arms and inhale deeply. It's so big and spacious here. Feels liberating. You should move then. I don't have nearly enough money, I mumbled. Shoulders slumped. I gathered myself and cast her a concerned look. Seriously, are you sure this won't cause trouble with your folks? Asana seemed to catch my meaning and turned around, hanging her head and kicking the heel of her boot on the ground. It's true that I've had some unpleasant encounters while alone, but my own personal guard? It's too much. I keep telling them I don't want this, but it's guild protocol, the chief of staff tells me. She continued in a downcast mutter. In the past, we were just a small guild. The commander picked every member himself, but we just kept taking on more members, and people come and go. Things started to get crazy when they began calling us the most powerful guild here. She stopped talking and twisted her torso around. Something in her eyes seemed to plead for help, and the breath caught in my throat. I have to say something, I thought. But as a solo who did everything out of self-interest, what could I say? Several seconds of silence passed. Asuna broke the eye contact first. She looked at the deep blue of the lake and piped up in a much higher pitch, sounding eager to change the mood. But it's not a big deal. Better hurry before it gets dark. I started walking after her through the town. We passed no small number of players, but none of them stopped to stare at Austin's face. I spent a few days in Selmberg about half a year back, when it represented the frontier of our advancement through the game, but I couldn't remember ever stopping to take in the sights. Gazing at the exquisite sculptures on display, I felt a momentary desire to live here permanently, but then thought better of it, deciding it was better suited to the occasional holiday trip. 
Asuna's residence was on the third floor of an attractive little masonette, immediately to the east of the main street. It was my first visit, of course. Thinking back on it, the most I'd ever interacted with Asuna before was at boss strategy meetings. I'd never even stopped at an NPC-run restaurant with her. I couldn't help but hesitate at the entrance of the building. So, uh, are you sure this is okay with you? It was your idea, wasn't it? Besides, there's nowhere else to do the cooking. She turned her head with a huff and trotted up the stairs. I steeled my willpower and followed her. W well pardon the intrusion. I stopped, stock still when I passed through the door, my mouth agape. I'd never seen such a neat and orderly player home. The spacious living room and adjacent kitchen were filled with lightly colored wooden furniture and accents of moss green cloth tied together in the visual style. It was all likely custom made of the highest quality by other players. Despite the emphasis on looks, there was no ostentatious decoration which made the whole place seem inviting and comfortable. It was a stark contrast to the lair I call a home. I was glad I'd chosen not to invite her there. How much did this all cost? I asked bluntly. Hmm, about 4M for the room and furnishing together, I think? Sit wherever you like, I'm just going to change. She disappeared through the door on the other side of the living room. The letter M was shorthand for million, just like K for thousand. I spent my days adventuring on the front lines, so I'd probably earned that much in total during my time in SAO. But with my penchant for spending money on whatever swords and equipment caught my eye, there was no way I'd save up a lump sum like that. Indulging in a rare moment of self-reflection, I sank into a soft couch. Eventually, Asuna emerged from the back room wearing a simple white tunic and skirt that stopped above the knee. Changing clothes in-game didn't involve actually removing or putting on anything. It was as simple as dragging items onto the character mannequin and the equipment screen, but because there were a few seconds during the shift in which a player was temporarily reduced to his or her underwear, female players made certain to not change in public, though the men didn't seem to mind doing so. Our bodies were just 3D models made of ones and zeros, but when you'd lived in this world for two years, you tended to take things at face value. My eyes naturally traveled to the newly exposed skin on Asuna's limbs. Unaware of my inner conflict, she shot back a look at me. How long are you going to wear that gear? I hastily brought up the menu and removed my leather coat and scabbard. I switched to my item window and materialized the ragu rabbit meat into a ceramic pot, placing it on the table. Asuna picked up the container and peered into it with a reverent expression. So this is what an S-rank ingredient looks like. What dish are we having then? Um, I'll have the chef's choice. Okay, how about a stew? They don't call it ragu rabbit for nothing. I followed Asuna into the other room. The kitchen was spacious, with pricey-looking cooking tools hanging next to a large, wood-fired oven. Asuna tapped the front of the oven twice as though double-clicking, and a menu popped open. She set a cooking time and pulled a metal pot out of the cupboard, transferred the meat from its container, added some herbs and water, and then placed the lid on top. Normally, there'd be many more steps in the process. 
But SAO's cooking system is really simplified and boring. She complained. Asuna placed the pot in the oven and hit the start button on the menu. The timer was set to 300 seconds, during which she hummed about quickly, pulling ingredients out of a seemingly unlimited larder and arranging dishes with the efficiency of familiarity. I couldn't help but admire her flawless speed without a single mistake. Five minutes later, there was a gourmet feast on the table, and Asuna and I sat facing each other. The plate in front was piled high with a piping hot brown stew that simulated my nose with every waft of steam. Rich chunks of meat wallowed in a thick, shining sauce marbled with white streaks of cream. It was bewitching. Barely stopping to say thanks before the meal, I grabbed my spoon and shoveled up a mouthful of the most delicious food in the entirety of Sword Art Online. The savory heat and flavor filled my mouth as I sank my teeth into the soft meat, letting the juice spill out. Eating an SAO isn't a realistic simulation of every single sensation that should occur from chewing in-game objects. Argus utilized a taste recreation engine contracted from an environmental software developer. The engine is designed to send eating sensory input to the brain of the user based on certain preset variables, originally for the sake of those on a diet or who would otherwise need to observe a period of limited food intake. It sends false signals of the flavor, scent, and heat to the sensory areas of the brain to fool our, the user. Our real bodies aren't receiving any nutrition from this act of eating. The system is simply stimulating our brains. But there was no use dwelling on this fact. What I felt in that moment, all that mattered, was that I was eating the greatest meal I'd had in the two years since I first logged into the game. We didn't share a word, silently shoveling spoonfuls of the stew into our mouths. Finally, after we had literally cleaned every last trace of stew from our plates and the cooking pot, Asuna let out a contented sigh. Ah, I'm glad to still be alive. I had to agree. I sat back, sipping a strangely scented tea, reveling in the fulfillment of a primal urge satisfied to completion. Were the meat and tea programmed to resemble some real-life ingredients, or were those flavors just the fictional product of a number of finely-tuned parameters? After several minutes of silent contentment, Asuna began to speak, a mug of tea cupped in her hands. It's so strange. It feels like I was born here, like I've always lived in this world. There are days that I don't even remember about my life over there. And I'm not the only one. You don't see as many players desperate to beat the game and escape these days. The rate of our conquest is slowing down. There aren't even 500 players fighting at the front line at this point. It's not just the danger. We're all getting used to this life. I gazed at her beautiful, pensive face, lit by the warm orange light of the lamp. It wasn't the face of a living, breathing human being. The skin was too smooth, the hair too lustrous to be real. But it didn't even look like a polygonal model to me at this point. It was easy to accept her as a living being inhabiting this space. 
In fact, if I went back to the real world now, I would probably tr find true reality off-putting. Do I even really want to go back? I was startled by that thought. Were all the early morning's dungeons and dungeon adventures, mapping expeditions, and level ups really for the purpose of escaping the game? It must have been that way once. The game was deadly, and I wanted out. But now that I had gotten used to life with an SAO... I still want to go back, Asuna said clearly, as though to drown out my indecision. I raised my head with a start. She flashed me a rare grin and continued. There are so many things left to do back there. I had to nod in agreement. Good point. And it's not fair to the crafters working for our benefit if we don't give it our best. I tilted my cup and took a deep swig, trying to swallow my hesitation. The top floor was a long ways off. I could think about this when the time came. Feeling bold, I gazed at Asuna as I tried to formulate the right words to properly thank her. Instead, she grimaced and started waving a hand in front of her face. Whoa, uh, stop. Huh? What? I've gotten too many marriage proposals from players giving me that look. What? Despite my mastery of battle skills, I had far less experience when it came to delicate matters like this. My mouth opened and closed repeatedly with no sound. I must have looked like an idiot. Asuna smiled. Let me guess. You're not that close to anyone else either. Well, sorry for being a solo player. You're in an MMORPG. Making friends is the point. Her smile disappeared, and she asked me a question in the tone of an older sister or a teacher. Have you ever thought about joining a guild? I know you beta testers don't like to work in groups. Her expression grew even more serious. But it feels like the monster's activity patterns have been increasingly irregular since we hit the 70th floor. I'd noticed that too. It wasn't clear if the drop in CPU predictability was planned from the start or the result of the system itself learning. If it was the latter, we'd have our work cut out for us. And playing solo leaves you much less capable of handling unexpected situations. You can't always make an emergency escape. You're much, much safer forming a party. I'm always cautious enough to leave myself a safety margin. Thanks for the warning. But guilds just aren't my thing. Besides, my mind screamed at me to stop, but my mouth barreled onward. Party members usually up and being more of a hindrance than a help for me. Oh? A silver flash of light passed before my eyes. It was Asuna's knife, held motionless at the end of my nose. This was a basic rapier skill called Linear. Basic, but scaled in effectiveness based on one's agility stat. She'd moved so fast, I hadn't even seen the skill's telltale movement trail. With a grin frozen on my face, I assumed the hands-up position of surrender. Fine, fine. You're an exception. Good. She pulled back the knife, unamused. As she twirled the blade around her fingers, her next words were completely unexpected. In that case, I want you to partner up with me. Being in charge of arranging boss raid parties, I've always wanted to see if you're as good as they say. Plus, I want to show you just how tough I really am. And lastly, black is my lucky color this week. What? What's that supposed to mean? 
Shocked by the absurdity of her demand, I weakly grasp for some kind of counterargument. Besides, what about your guild? We don't have a leveling quota to meet. Y your personal guards, then? I'll leave them behind. I raised the teacup to my lips in a bid to buy me time, then realized that it was empty. Loading, Asuna snatched it from my hands and served more of the steaming liquid. To be honest, the invitation was tempting. Who wouldn't want to team up with the most beautiful woman in Aincrad? But the more enticing offer, the more my hesitation and suspicion grew. Why would she want to be with me? Perhaps she felt pity for a gloomy, introverted solo player. Stuck in a negative thought process, I uttered the words that sealed my fate. The frontier's dangerous, you know. The knife in her hand rose again, and when I saw an even stronger glow envelop the blade, I hurriedly nodded. Even among the clearers, as those who fought on the front line to advance the game's progress were known, I was hardly notable. Hesitantly, I pushed on. Fine, fine. I'll see you at the 74th floor gate tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Asuna lowered her hand and chuckled confidently. I wasn't sure how long etiquette dictated it was acceptable to stay in a single woman's apartment, so I hastily pardoned myself once we finished eating. Asuna escorted me down the stairs of the building and inclined her head slightly. Anyway, I should thank you for the food. Me too. We should do this again sometime. Though I doubt I'll ever get that particular ingredient again. Oh, even normal ingredients will work. You just need the skill to do it. She turned her head to look upward. The sky was dark with night, but there were no stars to be seen. The only object overhead was the giant, gloomy lid of rock and metal, several hundred feet above. I wonder if what we're in right now is really the world Kaiba wanted to create. I muttered, looking up as well. There was no answer to this query, of course. Kaiba must be taking refuge somewhere, observing his creation. What was he feeling now? We had passed through the initial period of blood and chaos, reaching the current stasis of relative peace and order. Did this satisfy or disappoint Kaiba? I had no idea. Asuna silently took a step closer. I felt a faint glow of warmth on my arm. Was that an illusion? Or a subtle temperature simulation? The Game of Death began on November 6th, 2022. It was now late October 2024. Almost two years later, there was still no sign of rescue, no messages from the outside. All we could do was survive day by day getting closer to the top, one step at a time. It was the end of another day in Aincrad. Where were we going, and what waited for us at the end of the game were still a mystery. The road ahead was long and arduous, and the light at the end was faint. But even then, it wasn't worth giving up. I stared up at the metal lid, letting my mind wander through the unknown worlds left to conquer.